0: They carry AAPI owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com.
1: It's Tuesday, March 30th. I'm Aguila Hughes. And I'm Aaron Ryan, filling in for Gideon Resnick. And this is What a Day, the daily podcast, which, when transcribed, spells out the full mRNA sequence for the Moderna vaccine.
2: Is that why after the second time we read this through, I got super tired? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> on today's show, we are so close to an in on the pandemic in America, but officials ramp up the message that you should stay vigilant, including this dire message from CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky. I'm going to pause here. I'm going to lose the script. And I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are, and so much reason for hope. But right now, I'm scared. Yo, Barry, Cardi B, a bitch is scared. <laughs> Coronavirus. <laughs> she's getting real energy. Uh, that is coming up, and then some headlines.
2: But first, the latest, and we're going to start with voting rights. When Georgia Republicans passed a sweeping overhaul of state elections last week that basically will make it harder for people to cast a ballot, it sent shockwaves all over. Civil rights groups said it will disenfranchise Black voters. The Players Union for Major League Baseball is reportedly open to moving the All-Star Game, set for July 13th, out of Atlanta.
1: Yeah, and there's still no word from Home Depot, Delta Airlines, or Coke about how they value the rights of their Black customers, which is in contrast to how they pretended to support us in the summer following the George Floyd uprisings, but I digress.
2: Look, if they're going to pretend to support you some of the time yeah. they got to pretend to support you all the time. Right. That's how exactly. it
1: works. <laughs> give us a black square for voting rights.
2: Exactly. Right? But Akila across state lines, the story isn't anger about the bill, it's us too.
1: Yeah, that's right. So Florida is doing their best to go back to the 1950s. Senate Bill 90 is the next big bill to watch. It was proposed by Republican state Senator Dennis Baxley, and it aims to ban ballot drop boxes, limit who can handle someone else's ballot to immediate family, and require more frequent requests for mail-in ballots. It also aims to criminalize giving human beings water or food, so very cool stuff. Republicans in the state outwardly disagreed with the bill, but ushered it through to committee. So, you know, very, very cool energy there of... Just lying about how they really feel. Um, and as more and more of these racist Jim Crow era bills are introduced nationwide, it's clearer than ever that voting rights need to be expanded and protected at the federal level.
2: Yeah, you know, it's weird that they want to make it, like us exercising our rights something that we experience as cruel. Like, yeah. what's what's next? Like, all newspapers have like a a sidewalk of hot coals that all the journalists must, <laughs> must walk thorns, down just before. <laughs> Exactly, before they're allowed to exercise their First Amendment rights. Like, every church is, like, surrounded Mm -hmm. by a high fence that people have to scale. Like, (laughs) come on. We'll get to that federal proposal in a moment, but other states like Iowa and Texas have already passed their own bills that make it harder to vote. From things Mm -hmm. like cutting back the days and hours that people can go in person to limiting who can mail in their ballot. This isn't a coincidence,
1: right? Not at all. If you notice a variety of states passing similar legislation, it can usually be traced back to a political think tank group pushing an agenda. In this case, it's the Heritage Action for America, which is basically the political arm of the Reagan Forever Org, the Heritage Foundation. Those are the same ones with that crusty dude who just last week said D.C. should not have statehood because senators drive past their houses on their way to work. That was a real defense he gave, and I'm never going to get over it. <laughs> the New York Times found out that it was heritage that started floating the language back in January. They created a little skeleton outline for this kind of oppression and then let Republican lawmakers introduce their own versions of these kinds of bills. It happened in Georgia, and that same playbook is being used in Florida.
2: Wait a minute, Akila. So you're telling me that these state level geniuses are not coming up with these things by themselves they are just yes. co- they are just copying the homework of the most miserable dweebs in america mm-hmm. the heritage foundation very yeah. tight
1: Very cool. It is. It sure is. Uh, And in fact, of the dizzying number of voting bills introduced around the country, at least 23 had similar language or were firmly rooted in the principles laid out in the Heritage Group's proposal letter. So this is why local elections matter as much, if not more so, than national elections. Our state officials are our best bet, and Republicans run an outsized majority of state legislatures where these bills are being run through the copier before being sent to the floor.
2: Oh, man. Following state elections is a lot of work. But you know what? Democracy is a lot of work. Worth it, you know? Worth it. Yeah, (laughs) worth it. But let's not stop there. These voting rights fights are playing out on the federal level, so let's turn to The New Yorker, where, as the kids say, a new Jane Mayer just dropped.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All the teens are getting hyped. They're getting lit.
2: (laughs) The kids love Jane Mayer. Mayor's latest piece details the brazen conservative-led effort to tank H.R. 1. That's the federal bill being considered right now that would expand and enshrine voting rights, in addition to shedding some light on dark money in politics.
1: Yeah, we (laughs) gotta get that dark money out of politics. And all those things sound like good ideas that a lot of people would be into, so who's actually trying to stop this?
2: You're right, Akilah. Uh, H.R. 1 is quite popular because it Mm -hmm. is good and a lot of people like it. So the lineup of people opposing it is a real hit parade of exactly who you'd expect. Mm -hmm. Charles Koch, Ted Cancun Cruz, Mitch McConnell. No. Grover Norquist. Remember Grover Norquist? Yeah.
1: He's like not the good Grover from Sesame Street. He's this one.
2: He's a bad Muppet. He shows up and teaches your kids to be libertarians. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Also, House Republicans are involved, and a bunch of lackeys and gadflies that work for all of those people are leading Mm -hmm. the opposition to HR1. The main character in Mayer's story is a Koch lackey named Kyle McKenzie, who gave a presentation to opponents of HR1 on January 8th. Mayer obtained audio of the presentation, and Akila, you really have to hear it to believe it. Mm -hmm. McKenzie starts with the bad news HR1 is popular with people across the political spectrum, including with conservatives.
3: Conservatives were actually. As supportive as the general public was when they read the neutral description of HR one. And so, as I have here in my don't slide, you know, this isn't just a matter of like finding conservatives and then activating them on this in a a public way. Um, You know, there's a large, very large chunk of conservatives who um, um, are supportive of, of, of these types of efforts.
1: Hmm. Yikes. Yeah, wow. So, uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> Bad <uh-oh>. news. Republicans, <laughs> some of them don't want to be racist.
2: Yeah, this is a terrible idea that nobody likes. Uh, and mm. it's actually kind of difficult to spin something this popular in a way that will get people to dislike a good and popular idea. But they're certainly going to try. Like mm. here, Mackenzie talks about what happened when they tested out messaging using the Republicans' favorite woman, AOC. Oh,
3: no it It did um you know move zero percent of liberals <laughs> as to be expected, and it moved about thirty one percent of republicans um to kind of change their point of view about h r one when they were showing this kind of story about how h r or a o c wants to hold them accountable, and that h r one would allow her to do that a lot more easily.
1: Ooh, I've been saying that they're the party that does not like accountability. And they literally just said that no one's allowed to be held accountable. Uh, I feel very vindicated. Uh, but what are Coke and company actually so upset about?
2: Yeah, the problem is, according to Mackenzie, that the law would stop billionaires from buying elections. And what okay. most Americans want is for it to no longer be possible for billionaires to buy elections. And billionaires mm. who want to buy elections aren't happy that they're no longer going to be able to buy elections.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, they'll get over it. (laughs) I've never been able to buy an election and I've turned out okay. Uh, So did they figure out any possible messaging that might work to convince people to oppose voting rights at the federal level?
2: One thing, kind of, but listen closely to this clip.
3: A small scale donor um, could be associated with another donor that, you know, that has a bad, you know, a, a bad um public persona and so it could really negatively impact a small scale donor because people would start associating them with this other nefarious donor.
0: Oh gosh. Mm.
2: Listen to him tiptoe around what he's getting at. What McKenzie yeah. means is that small donors don't want to have their identities exposed and be associated with the exact people who are listening to the conversation that McKenzie is delivering. <laughs> so their best argument against HR one is that most Americans don't want to be publicly associated with nefarious donors
1: like the people who oppose HR one. Yikes! They're really the "I don't fuck with you" gang of, <laughs> of political donors. Uh, so what are the unpopular billionaires going to do to win the hearts and minds of Americans on this? Can we expect a check?
2: No, they're going to say fuck it (laughs) and hope nobody gets mad, uh, which is what they normally do. And actually, if people get mad, they usually can still say fuck it, too, and just build a giant wall with their money. Um, Ultimately, Charles Koch concluded that the best way to defeat H.R. 1 is to just ignore what people want and get the Senate to kill it, Mm -hmm. which is what's going to happen unless Democrats reform the filibuster. Your move, Joe Manchin. God, I hate that sentence.
1: Man, Ugh. I hate that man.
2: <laughs> Get it hives. Hives Sucks. on my neck. Um, mm-hmm. So this is a good time to plug Crooked's own campaign about it. Find out what you can do, even if you aren't an aging senator from West Virginia who keeps getting reelected for some reason. You can be a part of H.R. 1 or we're fucked. That's a very great title. Yes. <laughs> Just head to votesaveamerica.com. Now let's turn to part 69275000 billion thousand in days of our COVID <laughs> lives oh, akila yes. how is the white house amping up a really serious tone about the next few
1: weeks Yes, the COVID of it all continues. So yesterday, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky warned of that, quote, impending doom we heard at the top of the show regarding the uptick in COVID cases and the threat of new variants, even as the country is vaccinating at higher and higher rates. I woke up to impending doom trending and thought, you know, sometimes it'd be like that. But right now, guys, it is like that, you know? (laughs) So President Biden told states that they should reinstate mask mandates and admitted that he's a little worried that some states are opening up too
4: haphazardly. Please, this is not politics. Reinstate the mandate if you let it down. And business should require masks as well. The failure to take this virus seriously, precisely what got us in this mess in the first place.
1: He is not wrong. (laughs) We should have never been in this mess in the first place. So please, everyone, do your part. Do what he said.
2: Yeah, if there's anything Americans can be trusted to do in large numbers, it is mildly inconvenience themselves for the sake of other people that they've never met. <laughs> it's
1: not going to happen. Yeah.
2: Feeling confident about that. All mm. it takes is like one jerk out of a hundred mm. jerks, you know, that's all it takes. <laughs> and it doesn't help that we're in the middle of several holidays, Passover and Easter, for example, where families might get together. What's the news on the spread of the
1: good V word, Vaccines. I'm assuming that the bad V word is virus, so just yes. to clear that up if anybody was yes, wondering. That's the virus. Um, so President Biden has announced that 90% of U.S. adults will be eligible for vaccines by April 19th, and ensured that vaccine sites will be available within five miles of all residences. That is impressive. The thing to remember with this, though, is that we won't have enough supply for everyone until the end of May, according to estimates. So even if you can get the golden vaccine ticket, it's best to practice caution and avoid giant gatherings for the time being. Remember, doom nobody wants doom so we'll keep you posted on all the COVID updates but that's the latest for now it's tuesday wad squad and for today's temp check we're talking about possibly the most significant cargo ship mishap of the last 10 years Yes, it is the Ever Given, which got stuck but is finally free now from the Suez Canal. The Ever Given captured the imaginations of everyone in the world including the online erotic fanfiction community. Jezebel ran an article showcasing some of the mini Suez Canal fanfics which have titles like Ever Given Himbo Extraordinaire <laughs> Sin Deck Picks, Love Comes at a Cost of 12% of Global Maritime Trade, and XX Extra Wide Cargo Stuff's Major Shipping Lane Delivers Huge Payload. That's just like a title on Pornhub any day. Uh, so, Aaron, <laughs> obviously this boat accident created a lot of important art. How do you react to this story, and why did you think it was so engaging?
2: Okay, so my brain didn't go to, like, adult themes when it happened. I just, I love it because it allowed me to just shrink my brain into the simplest thing. Like, there is a big boat blocking the channel, and the other boats yes. can't go, and it's stuck. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> simplicity in a world of chaos is so... Refreshing, even if that simplicity is like boat stuck. It's so yes. so, <laughs> so nice to to not have to like read a history book and be like, well, actually, the reason the boat got stuck. No, the boat is stuck, and other boats can't go. Uh, same question for you, Akila.
1: I mean, I I really appreciate what you had to say there, because I think that like that's that's definitely the vibe that I had. I saw this and I thought we've all had a clogged toilet. We all understand traffic jams. This is an easy thing for us all to comprehend. There's nothing to read in on. It's a big boat. And we got to figure out how to move it. And I just loved it. It was a fun, easy thing to check in on every day when everything else seems so uh, dire all the time. So yeah, you know, maybe more boats getting stuck for a day or so. People are going to be like, but that's messing up world trade. Fine. And, <laughs> You're you not know wrong. Let me have a, something.
2: <laughs> we've all got an inner four-year-old that just wants right. to see heavy, and we want to see trucks go broom. We yeah. want to see boat go stuck. And we yes. want to see big tugboat pull out stuck boat. We're right. all, we're, we all were four at one point. It's fun. Exactly. To be
1: that again. And maybe my brain is, you know, just relying on those feelings <laughs> in a time of chaos. I appreciated it. I thought it was great. And I think it's engaging for all the reasons you said because, hey, the world is a lot. And uh, <laughs> it would be nice to just focus on the big issues of children's books, boats getting stuck. It's <laughs> just like that. We have checked our temps. Stay safe. If you're a boat, try not to get stuck. And uh, we'll be back after some ads. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. Yesterday was day one
2: of opening arguments in the murder trial for former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin. Proceedings, which are being streamed live on television, included opening remarks from the prosecution, the defense, and some witness testimony. The prosecutor played all nine minutes and 29 seconds of the video, taken by a bystander of Chauvin kneeling on George Floyd's neck and told the jury, quote, you can believe your eyes that it's homicide, it's murder. As expected, the defense pursued their strategy of trying to get jurors not to believe their eyes and instead consider the idea that Floyd died due to a drug overdose and an underlying heart condition. Among the witnesses called yesterday was a mixed martial artist who was on the scene that day who testified he believed Chauvin killed Floyd, along with a 911 dispatcher who said she felt something was wrong that day.
1: A new poll out this week shows that less than 50% of Americans consider themselves to be part of a church, synagogue, or mosque. That compares with 70% as recently as the year 2000. And it's the first time ever in the history of Gallup's polling that the number has dropped below a majority. Watch Fox News tonight to see 10 sweaty conservatives try to connect this to Lil Nas X dancing on Satan. We're all about to find out that somehow everyone renounced God because they couldn't buy the six most racist books by Dr. Seuss. The Gallup poll also found that the number of people who say religion is very important to them has fallen below 50%. Some experts attribute the declines to two major trends among younger Americans. One, an overall distrust in institutions makes sense to me. And two, that more people are mixing and matching to create their own religious traditions. Gonna need to see those festivist numbers before I make my own conclusions.
2: Um, Akila, I'm just gonna say it's, you know, it's Holy Week, and I went to Catholic University and I sang in the choir. Wow. And after having one, choir experience of holy week concluding with a four hour mass on the saturday before easter sunday my Mm -hmm. feedback is church too long that's my (laughs) that's my
1: feedback (laughs) right wrap it up make it a tiktok 15 seconds of church
2: (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly spice it up but just church too long that's, yeah. that's my feedback. Okay. Yep. Jeff Bezos can buy anything he wants, except maybe an election. Today, Amazon's Bessemer, Alabama warehouse concludes its unionization vote, which could have huge implications for the company and the country's labor movement. Counting the ballots could take days, weeks, or months, I guess depending on how fast or slow people say the numbers. After that, the losing side could challenge the results, which would create further delays. Amazon has always pushed back against this unionization effort, but they rolled out a deranged new tone last week in tweets to pro-union politicians like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. Those posts were so antagonistic, they reportedly led engineers at Amazon to think the account had been hacked. According (laughs) to Vox's... Yikes, they must have gotten it. They got the Karen army out. According to Vox's recode, Amazon's PR people were just following the directive of Lieutenant Bezos himself to hit harder at critics. I'll have to check the stats to see who the internet usually sides with, trillion-dollar corporations or workers who just want to negotiate.
1: I mean, I'm just saying my money's not on the trillion dollars. Um, so a week after it blew a boat sideways and cost the world a zillion dollars, there's finally some good press for wind. The Biden administration approved a plan yesterday to spur construction of offshore turbines along the East Coast with hopes of generating enough electricity to power 10 million homes by 2030. Right now, the U.S. has only one operational offshore wind farm, which is in Rhode Island. But offshore wind is a promising source of energy, which also has the potential to create good paying union jobs. Officially estimated that the newly announced plan could open up as many as 77,000 new positions this is biden's first collaboration with wind since it knocked him over on airplane stairs glad to see the two of them could squash their beef for the good of our gorgeous planet wow (laughs) you know what uh
2: i i also really appreciate this wind farm thing because you know who super hates wind turbines and windmills of all kinds who former president Donald Trump. He like went to, he practically went to one man war with Scotland over it. Um, (laughs) And so I love the idea that he may see these and become, become sad.
1: Yeah. I hope it messes up his hair. And those are the headlines. (laughs) One last thing before we go, you gotta freshen up that wardrobe once you're vaxxed and ready to hit the streets again. And that's why we've got two new merch drops at the crooked store.
2: All right, first, the House held hearings on DC statehood last week. And as you know, we're big fans of making DC the 51st state. Show yep. your support with new statehood for DC merch in the Crooked Store. As always, a portion of every order supports vote riders.
1: Then you've heard me tell a bunch of people to kick rocks on this show. And now you can tell anyone you want to do the same with a brand new Kick Rocks t shirt. I just found out about it myself and I am beaming. Uh, those are both <laughs> in the Crooked Store. Just shop what a day merch at crooked.com slash store.
2: That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, encourage good behavior from the wind, and tell your friends to listen.
1: And if you're into reading and not just intercepted orders from the fearsome Lieutenant Bezos like me, what a day is also a nightly <laughs> newsletter. Check it out. Subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Akila Hughes. And I'm Aaron Ryan. And be, and careful, be careful on, on airplane stairs. stairs. They are just not safe, you know? No, you just they're gotta like totally imagine not. they're covered in ice, cause they very well may be. Today day is a production of Crooked Media.
4: It's recorded and mixed by Charlotte Landis.
1: Sonia Tun is our assistant producer.
4: Our head writer is John Milstein and our executive producers are Katie Long, Akila Hughes, and me.
1: Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka.